everyone. Welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 55, Shaving Food Weight on the Appalachian Trail. Trust the Trail is sponsored by Blueberry Hosting. If you are looking for a cloud service to host your own podcast, look no further than Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-N-I-
And I'm going to give you some ideas on why you do not have to do that at all. And we're going to look at weight. Does that actually save weight? Does it add weight to your backpack? So we're going to debunk a few myths about that and general give you some general ideas on how to get that mental boost on your Appalachian Trail through hike when hiker hunger sits in and you're ravenous for food. So we're going to talk about that. Okay, so let's start out in the beginning, right? You're prepping for the Appalachian Trail. You've gone over gear, 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 gear. You've talked about food, 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 food. But nobody really talks about what happens to your body when all of a sudden you go from your normal routine during the day. Uh, maybe you've prepped and done some exercising. Maybe you think you've gone to the gym a few times a week. Maybe you're running a little bit. Maybe you're hiking a little bit. But are you prepping to burn, you know, 5,000 calories a day just like that? Probably not. So let's talk about the truth about what happens to your body and how you can use your body to save some weight in your food bag. And again, I'm a huge proponent when doing research on a long backpacking trip on what is going to, what are the conditions of the terrain and how is that going to affect my body? And remember, your body is a piece of gear. So let's go from the beginning. I'm going to go backpack the Appalachian Trail. I'm not going to do the approach trail. I'm going to start right on Springer Mountain and I'm going to hike to Neal Gap in about 30 miles, which is about three days, four days worth of backpacking, three nights for sure, three and a half days, four, maybe four and a half days, right, to get there. It's 30 miles. So what happens to your body when all of a sudden you just start climbing uphill and you do a ton of physical exertion. Well, here's the myth. Oh, I'm gonna need a lot of food out there, man. I'm out in the wilderness, gonna need a lot of food. So people plan for the worst case scenario. Um, they're packing six, seven days worth of food. You don't need to do that. I'm gonna show you and prove to you that you need very little food in your first three to four days on your Appalachian Trail through hike. So let's look at some facts. First of all, fact number one, does extreme exercise suppress your appetite? Absolutely it does. So when you go from, even if you're burning five to 600 calories a day, maybe you're doing some jogging, maybe let's even go up to a thousand calories a day. Are you like just boom, going out there and putting full head for, force of steam out there right away? You're probably not. You're probably just exercising at a moderate to easy pace. Maybe you're going to the gym and you're riding the bike for an hour, whatever that case is. For most people that start their Appalachian Trail through hike, they're not even doing that. The big myth is, oh man, I'm gonna get in shape while I'm on the trail. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really physically get in shape. Yeah, you will, but not right away. So let's use that to your advantage to help get you to that point before you quit the trail. So the fact is, is that when you exude a bunch of energy, a bunch of exercise right away, you're actually suppressing your appetite. So um, the more rigorously you exercise, the more you're reducing your appetite. Now this is a study by, uh, in 2013, University of Western Australia study that was that's published that says exercising more rigorously will reduce your appetite more than exercising moderately or gently. Now, 
And, and even, although moderate and light exercise could also help suppress your appetite, the study says. Now, that's a fact. Now, I know this from my own personal experience that usually when I'm on a long distance backpacking trip, and I remember it well when I did it in 2003, I remember when I hiked half of the Appalachian Trail in 2008, I remember on the Arizona Trail and all the other trails I've done long distance backpacking trips on, is that my first few nights, I'm really not, I'm really not that hungry. As a matter of fact, I have a hard time finishing a meal. So let's use that to your advantage. So if if you are putting a ton of food in the first 30 miles of your backpacking trip, you probably get away with about a pound and a half of food per day, which means four pounds worth of food is more than adequate to get you to Neil's Gap and then resupply. Okay, so you're on your way to Neil Gap you should only be carrying about a pound and a half of food. What do you bring? Well, you're really teaching your body that, hey, I'm about to change my lifestyle. I'm about to completely radically change how you digest food, how you burn calories. You don't need to be burning calories. Uh, you don't need to be taking um, fat from my body to supplement my energy. I'm gonna teach my body all of that. And that's some of the things that your body does go through, you know, specifically your first 100 miles of the Appalachian Trail because your body needs time to catch up with your new lifestyle. And if I can teach anybody anything on a long distance backpacking trip where you're gonna be out there for a month, two months, three months, a through hike on the AT, which is five, maybe six months, it is a lifestyle change. And most people aren't prepared for that. It's a lifestyle change. You're completely changing the way you live your life, right? The first thing I would suggest is before you go, eat one of these mountain house foods before you hit the trail. This is at home or empty it out in a bag, whatever you need to do. But carry an empty bag with you, okay? We recycle these all the time. And why do we recycle these? Because then we can make our nor foods which are these, our nor foods. Now, we don't use freezer bags. We don't have to use freezer bags because there's a billion of these bags out there. So we usually buy the one single serving meals at Walmart. They're cheaper. They run about $4.80 compared to the $9 that the two-person bags are sold at REI. So we buy, we buy the single versions. And then what I do is I take this bag and I split it in two. Another thing I do in the morning time to kind of like change up my meals a little bit when I'm really out there is I get my little platy. This is just a one little uh, collapsible platy. And I get some carnation instant milk. I pour my milk in here, my powdered milk in here. And I usually put these all in baggies and I separate and organize all my food. Um, I'll put this in the creek. I'll get some cereal, um, or I may even package my own oatmeal uh, here, um, and I'll have like cereal for a couple days, or I'll have like um, some milk with my oatmeal. Sometimes, you know, I'll just have like a carnation instant breakfast, um, which is very lightweight. Okay, so exactly how much weight do you burn hiking the Appalachian Trail? Well, in the beginning, you are going to be, like we said, you're going to be doing a lot of strenuous exercise and you're, you're, you're probably suppressing your appetite a little bit. But how many calories are you burning? So remember, 3,500 calories equals one pound. 
Okay. Now, of course, that varies between your size, your body weight, your physical ability, things like that. But 3,500 calories equals one pound. You need to burn 3,500 calories to lose one pound, okay, to equal one pound. You have to hike more than 3,500 calories to start losing weight. You're not going to be burning that um, many calories consistently until you are really like five, six days into your hike. And by that time, your body's going to say, whoa, wait a minute. I think I see a trend going on. I need to adapt my, my body and my chemistry in my body to adapt to what you're doing. So in the beginning, you're suppressing your appetite. You're burning calories, but you're not going to be as hungry. You're still burning maybe 35, 4,000 calories a day, but you're not really in the process of losing weight yet. You're going to have to take a while. Um, so that's why we recommend some different lightweight foods that you can kind of get you by until you start really getting that, um, that, that really burning those calories. So on the trail this year, we heard a lot about cold soaking your food, right? Um, it saves weight. It saves time. You don't have to carry a stove. But does it? And what value does it have for you in your backpack? And what value does it have in your body? So in the video I watched, they took uh, ramen noodles and some refried beans and they made a ramen bomb, which is kind of popular, right? Well, does it save weight and is it of good value? So what I did was I looked at a couple of things. I looked at calories. I looked at the time it took, but I took, I looked at the weight. And so I've got a scale right here. It's my ounce scale that I use for backpacking, right, all the time. And let's measure some things and let's look at what he talked about as far as value to you, your backpack, and to your body. First of all, I have a container with 16 ounces of water in it. That would be roughly what it would take to rehydrate ramen noodles and the refried beans. So let's look at weight first of all. So I'm turning on the scale. Let's add this up. So the first thing I see is that 16 ounces of water weighs a pound. Okay. So just this container alone with uh, 16 ounces of water in it weighs a pound. Now I'm going to throw in a packet of ramen noodles and refried beans and let that soak for an hour and a half. Well, I can tell you right away that, that add, that's going to add an incredible amount of weight to your pack. So the goal here isn't adding weight to your pack that's needless. Um, in the video I watched, it gave a value of about 485 calories. So let's break that down. If you look at the ramen noodles, so you're going to get about 190 calories of ramen noodles. You're going to get 26 grams of carbs and only 4 grams of protein. The, uh, the fruit refried beans with a half a cup, okay, you're going to get 260 calories, you're going to get 38 grams of carbs, and you're going to get 14 grams of protein. Okay, so you're going to carry about a pound and a half of extra weight in your backpack for an hour and a half to rehydrate your dinner. Okay, well, let's look at some alternatives. That is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I know it sounds really old fashioned, but it actually adds a lot of value to your body. So I've made myself two peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I've got two loaves of bread, um, of grain bread. I've got uh, two packets of jelly that I get at Chick-fil-A for free. 
and I have two packets of uh, peanut butter that I can buy at Kroger at Walmart. So let's weigh it. So my weight here is approximately six ounces. So right then and there, I'm saving a lot of weight. But you're saying, but Scott, you're carrying your stove. You're, you're still carrying fuel. So the whole part of cold sulking is not to bring a stove and not to bring that extra weight. Okay, well, let's look at that. So remember, before I've even cold soaked anything, just my water alone is a pound. So here is what I bring as far as my cook system. I bring a very small thing of alcohol. This alcohol right here would last me for four nights. That's a cup of um, coffee in the morning and one hot dinner at night. I've also got my Tokes alcohol stove, okay? I've got a 900 milliliter of um, a pot. So let's just look at my cook system along with my peanut butter and jelly. So this alone weighs seven ounces. So right there, I am almost, if not lighter, than cold soaking your food. Now, I didn't even add the meal to the water. So you're looking at about a pound and a half with the refried beans and the ramen noodles in the water. Having a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a stove, I get my cold meal, but I still get to keep my cook stove. I get, I still keep, get to keep my stove for cooking a hot meal. You're saying, yeah, but what are, what are the calories? What are the calories in a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Well, I looked. So peanut butter and jelly sandwich, if you spread the peanut butter on a little thick, which you probably want to, um, you have 14 grams of protein. You have 54 grams of carbohydrates. But here's the thing that you're going to get out of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich or cooking a hot meal that you're not going to get with cold soaking your food. And this is what your body needs the most. You're not going to get fat. Peanut butter and jelly sandwich can give you up to 20 grams of fat. The cold soaking, the ramen, bo ramen bomb gives you hardly any grams of fat at all. And that is what you're going to need to sustain your through hike. You're going to need that, that fat in your body so your body can burn that, turn that into energy. Not only does it keep you warmer at night, but it's going to sustain you on a longer distance day when you want to push you know, the, the 15 to 18 to even may, maybe 20 miles of that day, you're going to need all that fat to keep burning into energy. So you want to look for foods that are high in saturated fat. That's what you're going to look for. They're also going to be lightweight. They're going to help sustain you. What you like to eat on the Appalachian Trail is going to be mentally stimulating for you. If you're going to eat something that tastes really good, that makes you happy, you're going to be happy. If you're going to eat something that makes you <clears throat> gag, um, and just because it's trendy, you're not gonna, you're really gonna say, wow, I can't wait tomorrow to, you know, dry gag. No, you're, that's mentally not stimulating. So, you know, make sure that you're doing things that are gonna be beneficial to you. These are all essential tips that are gonna help you reach Katahdin. It's all about mental preparedness and making sure that you don't get in the same, same food routine all the time. Remember, use your body as a piece of gear. Learn what it's going to do in the beginning of your hike. Learn what it's going to do when hiker hunger sets in. Learn what it's going to do. Does it need a hot meal? Do you really want to cold soak it? 
and look at your calorie count. Look at what foods are going to be beneficial to you so you can get through your hike. Thank you so much for listening to us. Um, we truly appreciate you guys tuning in every single week to hear what we have to say and join our journey. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do give it a review on iTunes and help us spread the word, share the love. Um, huge, speaking of, sharing the love. I know. <laughs> um, a huge thank you to Parked America for the review on iTunes, as well as Paula Gregg for the encouraging words who said they're just getting into backpacking and found us helpful and probably a little on the entertaining side. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was really great. Thank you for that review on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Um, and if you ever have any questions, uh, email us um, at us at thebackpacker.tv. Uh, we just helped the family of six buy a tent. It was really exciting. <laughs> so, Actually, it was really, it was really cool. cool to get, um, you know, we love that personal connection. So please don't ever hesitate to reach out to us in any form. Yeah, so. and go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's The Backpacker TV on YouTube. We always are putting up new videos every single week. Um, our podcasts are also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and so thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, we truly appreciate you guys. Thanks. Bye. We'll see you next week. Trust the trail. Bye.